the Loose Cannons podcast is a free-form discussion about film that contains mature language, such as poop and titty, and descriptions of mature situations, such as filing taxes and raising children. We do not have any concern for spoilers, so if you haven't seen the film or films we are discussing and don't want to have the twists ruined for you, please watch the film before listening to the podcast. It doesn't matter how much money I make. You make me feel like a big piece of shit because you don't care about it. But you also actually do. You're privately obsessed with it. You know that I beat you. I beat you! Hey, everybody. It's another Loose Cannons podcast coming at you. Coming at you for the second time today. We did a little restart. <laughs> did a little shuffle. But we're, we're back into it. Uh, we are here and you can tell that i'm not reuben i'm patrick uh i'm doing the hosting duties today because reuben is out watching another movie he's going to see mudbound in the theater um but today we're going to be discussing a movie called the myrowitz stories new and selected directed by noah bombach from 2017 uh it's up on netflix real easy to find if you want to watch it before we go through and discuss it here but uh, yeah, um, we also have a very special guest host. Hi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Say as much or as little as you like. Okay, I'm Shad. I'm American-born, originally Saudi, living in London. So that's the international part. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> we have a yep, like a half international cast today. Yeah. Uh, Basil and Ilya are here as well. All right. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah three-fourths of the original crew here today and uh yeah we're gonna talk about uh this new noah bombach film but uh before we do that we're gonna do a segment we like to call heralds and announcements um all right uh okay uh shad do you want to go ahead and uh give us your uh herald or announcement yeah it was last time i said a hologram for the king is mm-hmm. the movie I'm going to denounce because it is too bad for Tom Hanks to be in it. <laughs> and um, the movie culturally, it, the cultural references, they're somewhat accurate, but some of the specific stuff was uh, too cheesy for me. Mm-hmm. One of the, the plot is basically this American uh salesman or businessman uh who has to go on a trip to saudi arabia and sell um i guess a hologram program to the king and i think basically once the king approves it it's gonna be a governmental thing like it's a part of the whole saudi arabia is trying to be cool uh, movement that's happening and this businessman falls in love with a doctor of course he goes through the whole cultural shock which is Mm -hmm. haha funny and then um he falls in love with a female doctor who treats him for i think a lump or something on his back and then um she falls in love with him and they end up i think I'm mainly denouncing it for this specific scene where they end up going on a retreat at a, a shore at like some beach and 
she goes swimming publicly in a beach naked because if she's swimming naked, no one's going to know she's a girl. They're going to think she's a man. And uh, I think that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And I just can't believe Tom Hanks was a part of it. And some part of Saudi culture is how strict they are when it Mm. comes to dating and women and sex. And somehow, just because they went skinny dipping, um, they have sex and it's all okay. So that was basically the movie. That was the ending of the movie, (laughs) that they had sex. Uh, that's it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hanks and Dave Eggers are not a great pair because uh, <laughs> he's in the circle this year, and that movie's not very good either. No, it's not. <laughs> huh? Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't have much hope for that one, but thank you for confirming. <laughs> I'm glad. I also just didn't like the title. I didn't know what was up with the title of that movie. It's like, what is this about? <laughs> Yeah. Is that a hologram for the king, bro? <laughs> it's like just bringing a hologram to someone? I don't yeah. know. That's weird. Yeah. That's a weird thing. All right. Uh, on uh, me, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, Basil, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, well, I will go ahead and herald uh, a short film from this year called The Green Ray. Uh I forget someone I follow on Letterboxd uh, reviewed it and they just said wow in capital letters and I was like I don't know what this movie is but I'm interested and then I saw it was just like a short film you could find on Vimeo and I was like oh well I guess I'm gonna watch this and it's pretty cool it's just like a uh, kind of experimental short film um, it's uh, like um, a single shot that goes about 12 minutes of a um, river at sunset and uh, surprising things happen. Hmm. It's pretty cool. I suggest checking it out. Yeah, the Green Ray. Um, let me find the director's name because there's usually if you Google the Green Ray movie, there's like a um, uh, Eric Romer movie with the same title so i don't mean that one i mean Mm. scott barley directed it so google green ray that's scott barley probably right because eric romers is probably very old yeah yeah (laughs) this one's from this year 2017 but it's pretty cool very cool nice i don't have anything to either herald or denounce this week so uh, what about you patrick I also do not have anything to herald or denounce because both of the movies that I saw yesterday are, I think, they stand an incredibly good chance of ending up on one or the other of my lists at the end of the year. So, what? Yeah, it's uh, some exciting stuff happening here in Atlanta. <laughs> Considering <laughs> I know what some, movies you saw, I'm getting some good material. Uh, interested to see which way which one each one went. Or if they both went the same way. Yeah, it's a mystery. I saw the same movie yesterday. One of them that you saw. (laughs) All right. um, So let's get into the Meyerowitz stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Shadden, you said that you would be okay with doing the plot for this one? Yeah. 
Uh, I think to summarize the plot would be it's a compilation of moments of a bunch of kids have, well, not kids, uh, two guys and a girl. I'm so bad at God. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. Totally okay, let's fine. start. You already again. regret having to do the plot summary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm new to this. Okay, I'll, I'll start. So, <laughs> take, take your uh, time. Take your time. It's um, a bunch of people who have issues with their father, and their father is kind of pressuring them into becoming a specific thing, which is him. Okay, Patrick, I think you have to save me and say the plot yourself. <laughs> no, that's a good summary. That's, that's pretty much what the movie is about. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's about uh, familial strife. Yeah, um, rude patriarch. Sh- yeah, yeah. The, the rude patriarch who is uh, played by Dustin Hoffman, uh, Harold Meyerowitz, who is a, I don't know, he's a sculptor of some sort of renown. It's unclear how exactly popular he is, but mediocre renown yeah yeah Yeah. like middle of the road popularity he used to be a big deal and then he stopped yeah yeah he used to be a big deal probably back in the 70s or something yeah now his children are basically dealing with him sort of at the end of his life and trying to deal with all the stuff that he foisted on them throughout his life and then like all their own personal problems as well so it's it's something where they're trying to deal with also his like end of life care because he's basically like to the point where he's almost dying. Like he doesn't die within the movie, but he's almost dying. Yeah. And they're trying to, you know, trying to figure out also it's like basically kind of daddy issues, different mm-hmm. yeah. kinds of daddy yeah. issues. I thought it was interesting it's... because it gave, it gave it was pressure from a different point of view of life. Like I would never expect someone who's there, if your father was an artist, I would never imagine the dad would pressure their kids to be artists as well. It's normally or typically um, a doctor or some sort of scientific or medical field. That's how it usually happens. But um, yeah, it was interesting to see an artist pressure their kids to be artists too. And I also thought it was funny that within the movie, um, Ben Stiller's character, who is the one who's the most successful of all of them, he's a, I forget, some sort of real estate. No, he's a business manager for... I thought he was an accountant. I thought he was... An accountant or something like that. Yeah, I mean, business manager and accountant. Okay, maybe maybe I'm thinking real estate because he... Every, he's dealing with that house at the beginning right like oh yeah adam driver, adam driver no, yeah. like adam driver is like a super famous person who's like trying to buy this house and uh ben stiller's trying to tell him whether or not he can afford all the things he wants for it okay yeah. all right all right yeah i yeah. just misinterpreted what he did for a living but, mm-hmm. but yeah he's he's the one who's actually like successful and has a lot of money i think this is the most decent adam sandler movie ever it, it's true. Mm-hmm. That, his performance isn't, isn't yeah. terrible in this. Yeah, um, and I think he actually like fits the character too. I think it's a good casting. Yeah. Are we gonna because, go around and say yeah. whether or not we liked it? That's oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's let's <laughs> uh, yeah let's let's. I forgot we we do this segment right here where we go through and say whether or not we liked it. So um, I will <laughs> say I guess or I I guess we'll go we'll we'll go to Basil since Shad you're te- you're technically number two in the. Sure. The ranking, the uh, yeah, I like this movie pretty well. Um, 
I thought that there were parts that were kind of like, oh, I don't like this scene at all. But then there were other scenes that I liked a lot. So it was kind of like a, a little bit of a mess of a movie for me. But for the most part, uh, ended up on the positive side. Yeah, 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 me too. I, it stars like three people I usually never like in movies. <laughs> uh, so neither Adam Sandler nor Ben Stiller nor Dustin Hoffman I particularly am very fond of. And in mm -hmm. this case, um, it was surprisingly uh, decent and um, actually liked quite, quite a few scenes quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, probably shows that... Uh, Baumbach has gotten to a point where he's quite confident um, when writing uh, characters and having like more of a sense of humor about his characters than maybe he did before, um, where they're allowed to be quite obviously more silly maybe than than uh, what he used to do, mm -hmm. where he kind of like I don't know, but like a lot of times there was like unnecessary drama to give all the proceedings more weight than it maybe really deserved. And in this case, it's like the movie almost accidentally reveals more things about the characters uh, because it's written better. And because of that, I thought that that was like a much better way of approaching a movie by him. And probably what working with Greta Gerwig probably rubbed off on him in that way as uh yeah, Chaos and Collins mentioned in his review um, that, uh, yeah, I think he's gotten away from that collaboration being much more, uh, yeah, much better off for it and much funnier because of it. Mm -hmm. um, I liked it also, a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, go ahead, Chad. I forgot. Yep. You, you, go ahead <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you I, liked it. Go ahead. I liked it a lot. I was I didn't expect to like it, but it was... It was a nice um, movie to watch, and it was kind of relaxing at the same time. Some of the parts yeah. of it, even though even though it's supposed to be like stressful and traumatic, traumatic in a way, it was still relaxing, and it's like comforting in the sense that everyone goes through the same shit, basically. Mm -hmm. What about you, yeah, Patrick? I, I also like this movie. Um, in particular, I think because of the performances um and also i think the there are some like nifty little editing moments where Noah bombach sort of like cuts away from a scene at sort of like the the highest emotional point in the <laughs> scene like you know where, where he'll just like adam sandler's basically like screaming at someone in his car and then he'll just cut to the next segment just like cut it off right there and it mm. it feels very funny in that way and sort of um I, I guess know. it mimics it's life. Almost, it's, well, it's almost like he's saying, he's like, all right, that's enough of that. Like, mm -hmm. let's, let's move on to something else. Like, you guys are out of control now or something like that. And I uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it. But I also thought that the... I thought that they cast each person well in the roles that they had to do because I really like, I don't know, sort of like soothing asshole Dustin Hoffman where he's like, He's very soothing and his he always sound he's like he sounds very calm and he's his voice is very like even. 
but he's he's like saying these really horrible things to people and he like talks over people and you're like mm. just shut up for two seconds <laughs> but you're also like but you sound so calm and soothing and it's a very interesting dichotomy with that character um yeah but i also think that that like sandler and stiller are, are perfectly cast too and that like stiller's the sort of like buttoned up like successful guy and stiller's or sandler's kind of the like schlubby you know like wearing shorts all the time and <laughs> yeah it's like you know like five o'clock shadow constantly yeah he's like perpetually on the verge of growing a mustache but not fully committing <laughs> to it yeah <laughs> but uh yeah i um yeah it's funny i i was uh joking with um <laughs> Mitchell that between this and Squid and the Whale where Jeff Daniels gives a very similar performance I'm like that I wonder if that's just what Noah Baumbach's dad is like and I wonder how he feels about Noah Baumbach's movies because <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's like exactly the same character in both of them like he's like a really rude dad who's like uh, like really insecure about his own work so he's like really demeaning to other people's and like just like throws away really like cruel things and then when people try to call him out on it he's like let's not fight <laughs> yeah he's like, why are you getting angry at me? yeah why are you so upset <laughs> but, uh, so i was just like oh man <laughs> noah bombach's dad just watches his movies and is like that's not what i'm like <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man yeah. Um, oh, go ahead, Elia. No, I was just about to say he probably just watches them and says, "Oh, that that character is a dick," without ever um, thinking about it that it could apply to him. He doesn't think it's him, yeah, at all. And then he's just um, casually dismissive of the movies. He's like, "Ah, these yeah. are minor works for you, son. Not, not your best, <laughs> yeah. not your best films." It's like, when are you gonna when are you gonna make something really good? <laughs> but uh. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I liked Ben Stiller a lot in this. The scene where him and Dustin Hoffman are, like, trying to have uh, lunch or whatever. It goes on yeah. forever. Like, I really like the way that Stiller plays it, where he's, like, at first he's, like, pretty rude and just, like, casually dismissive and, like, clearly, like, trying not to pay attention to him and just, like, being, like, whatever, my dumb old dad, like, just trying to get through this lunch but then like the way in which like he gets more and more frustrated the longer he spends with them until like he blows up and like like him yelling i beat you it's so funny to me when he's driving away i beat you i beat you um yeah. and that's that's that like really oh shadon were you gonna say something no go ahead yeah i'm I really like that sort of undercurrent throughout the whole thing of this like desperation for success that uh, Dustin Hoffman sort of like layers in there where it's like kind of everything that he like every interaction is basically him is just like weighing himself against mm -hmm. everyone else other people yeah in his life yeah and especially and most especially his sons and it it seems like it's the reason that he's way more comfortable around uh adam sandler's character because adam sandler's character is kind of like not successful like he is like he's mm -hmm. 
you know, uh, I guess a, a songwriter or a musician of some sort. But he's, was, not, never re- he's never worked because he was a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was never really clear if he, if he like, actually did music or if music was just, like, sort of a hobby for him. But um, but I think as, as, a, as a dad, he was uh, kind of, he was successful as, uh, at what he was dedicating his life to, which is his daughter. Yeah. His well, daughter yeah. turned out yeah. to be, like, a talented person and they have a good relationship. But because he's a man, I think it it's not traditionally seen as a success to be a stay at home father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think that's also like kind of how uh, Dustin Hoffman's character views it is this like, oh, he's he's sort of on the same level as me, so I feel a lot more comfortable yeah being around him and talking to him and like having him you know over at the house and stuff like that. Whereas with Ben Stiller's character, like they they just seem like <laughs> he seems to Dustin Hoffman seems to layer on the like yeah. desperation for uh, you know his his own as like, a, ego. As a character, I thought like the dad was um, one of the qualities the dad has was that he would give up a lot, and that was like apparent in his marriages and. Um, the way he treats his kids like he couldn't stand his first kid Adam Sandler so he gave up on him and uh, he quit at basically being his dad and started all over again and he did that before Adam he did that with his daughter so it was it's kind of like a consistent pattern he does that with his work at the same time like he gave up on being successful or not more known or more famous as an artist until Adam Sandler pushed him so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean he's not much of a character to be honest (laughs) so I don't get why he judge his kids it's all out of insecurity for sure yeah because uh that's a good point they they imply early on that like you know he he was contemporaries with uh that other guy lj or whatever and that um you know like dustin hoffman wanted success to come to him like he wouldn't he wouldn't put in the work of like because being a successful artist like with very few exceptions it's a combination of doing work but then also like selling Pushing yourself through, you know yeah. schmoo- schmoozing people yeah going to parties meeting people trying to you know he never put pres- the effort yeah yeah so he he wanted this he wanted to just make the work and then have people realize how great he is and then be famous because of that and so like that seems to me like the big difference between him and lj is just like like he was he was entire he felt entitled to to fame and never got it and so he didn't put in the work and then he's uh you know judgmental of well the art world in general for yeah. missing out on his genius but also like uh his children for not, I found like, it oh, stepping sorry. oh yeah just like not stepping yeah. from him we lost Ilya. yeah we lost Ilya yeah. a little while ago I was, uh, i'm sure he'll be back I found his wife annoying and how she calls him the dad. I was like, mm. uh, I don't like that part. <laughs> she keeps calling him the dad. And I'm like, why? I don't. I, f- I think maybe there's a, a meaning behind it. 
maybe i'm not sure it's annoying <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean well, she's drunk constantly which is really yeah. bad yeah uh, that's it that's emma thompson's character yeah 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 the, his his latest wife uh, mm -hmm. like four. His, his fourth wife yeah mm. who, who gets a bit uh sensitive because she's never had kids of her own Mm -hmm. That was basically the main thing about her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's funny that like Dustin Hoffman keeps making these bargains with her to get her to stop drinking. And she like never does. Like yeah. it's, it's very clear to them. They're like saying that she's six weeks sober, but like, she's clearly not sober. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah, she's not sober at all. Like she doesn't cook the food properly. Like she drives her car into a tree at one point. I think that also says something about Dustin Hoffman's character, which is he kind of illusions himself into thinking certain things like when the piece was called after his favorite son, but it wasn't, his favorite mm. son who did it was Adam Sandler. And um, the thing about her being sober when she's obviously drunk, he kind of constantly, he makes himself seem important by wearing a tuxedo, but he's not. It's kind of like he constantly lives through this illusion. He's okay, but he ends up having a stroke of some sort, you know. Adam yeah. Sandler had that quality too in his character. So I think Adam Sandler was the closest to his dad when it came to <coughs> characters or genetically his mm -hmm. being him. Well, yeah, personality wise. And, and it's funny also that the like little pieces of his personality that his children do have. Yeah. Where it's like they, they also kind of have like, um, you know, Ben Stiller's character is successful, but it does seem at times like he believes that that success makes him somewhat superior to his other siblings because he does sort of come off with this air of superiority to them where he's mm -hmm. like, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to get everything together. I don't know what you guys are doing. Like he see, he sees himself as sort of separate from them, especially in the, the parts where they're dealing with uh, Dustin Hoffman in the hospital. He's like, he's like, I'm, I was here first, like, taking care of the situation. I don't know where you guys were. And then he constantly says, stepbrother, stepbrother. He never, or yeah, half-brother. Half. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he never actually says, like, yeah. that he's so my he, brother. He's, he also has that sort of thing that Dustin Hoffman has, where he's, like, sort of, even if he says he doesn't, still measures people based on, like, how much success they have. And, mm -hmm. you know. Feels, yep. that it, and then, feels that it somehow matters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and then there's like a obvious uh, whatever. I mean, like parallel towards the end when he's essentially until Adam Sandler stops him, basically starts doing the same thing with his son that yeah uh, Dustin Hoffman did with his children. Where it's like, uh, I'll I'll just sit this kid out, have another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that kind of disturbed me a bit mm. like it's like you can't just give up on a kid and start a new kid it's not mm. a game or like a an art project that you could set aside and deal with it later right you know it right. was weird but that's how some people view children yeah i guess 
they don't see them as autonomous beings. They just see them as like a literal extension of themselves. Like, just be like, well, I don't really need that part of my life anymore. I'm not into it. I it's it's a bit weird how, uh, how the kids insist on validating themselves through their father. Um, mm. And it's like it's they're so fixated. It's I don't know. It's really weird. Uh, I just if I were in their shoes, I would give up, just like he he gave up. I'd just move mm-hmm. along. But they keep insisting on taking care mm-hmm. of him. They were so worried, especially when Dustin Hoffman's character went to the hospital. They would, or when he was in a coma, they would take notes constantly. As if he was the best father in the world, but he's the complete opposite. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's easier to like someone when they're in a coma. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I don't, you don't know. Have to actually, deal with them. Be like, ah, oh, this dad. This is my dad. He's great when he's not talking because yeah. he's perpetually asleep. Pretty easy. Yeah. yeah well, it's it's almost like that, like reflection of like. A, is there at that point i think they're they're sort of viewing him as though like he's kind of gone at that point where they're like okay well this sort of has an ending now and it seems much sadder now that it has an ending yeah of course it's you know it's it's a false ending but at the time like you know when he's finally not talking at them anymore like when they don't have to hear him talking anymore they start realizing all these things about him and about their life and like you know, it just, I guess the, the whole idea of, like, family and all that, like, hits home with them in some way where they're just like, oh, my gosh, like, all this stuff, you know, it's basically, like, the building blocks of who I am. and Yeah. My personality is wrapped up in this, and it's, you know, they, mm-hmm. they kind of want to salvage some part of that. And so they that's why they, you know, <laughs> become so invested in him while he's in the coma. Yeah. Yeah. I like the idea, though, that this movie does where, like, like I feel like it kind of deflects, like, a normal film structure where something like this would happen, and then, like, the parent does die at the end, and that's, like, the catharsis, and I like that this movie, like, doesn't let them have that, like, makes it so, like, Adam Sandler and yeah. Stiller, like, they have to, like, they have to reckon with their own catharsis, like, without just, like, I don't know, it seems like Without more... death happening, yeah yeah exactly like like uh more what's the word um there's this well i mean yeah, it's, it was a, like it's this, a better message sorry yeah it was like this one part um where he was at, in the coma and they were worried that he would die he wouldn't survive it and so they the the doctors had a meeting with the children with his kids and they were like giving them advice on grieving and what should you say to your dad while he's in the coma, he's in a coma, he might die. And one of it was like, I'm sorry, or I forgive mm-hmm. you, I love you, and goodbye, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think something at the end of the movie that was the catharsis is when he looked at his dad and he decided to move on with his life and not and not stay for his dad or stay to take care of his dad. And he whispered those words. Okay, yeah, so he was basically whispering those words as if he died, but he didn't actually die. And I mm-hmm. think that also that's also, like, your point. That's part yeah. of your point, which is 
the characters have to do it themselves dad yeah (laughs) (laughs) you're dead to me but i'm still gonna take care of you um i'll still say hi every once in a while (laughs) you know i'm moving on yeah i was joking but yeah but you have to sort of yeah you no longer have um, that much value control over me yeah Yeah. i i like how there is a, a point here where they uh ben stiller and adam sandler's characters both trying to sort of like force this catharsis um on uh elizabeth marvel's character who's i, I forget all their names Jean. Like, Jean, that's her name yeah yeah and um, then, uh... because she she tells them about the their like was it like their neighbor or their dad's friend or something yeah, like that. yeah a dad's close friend friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who like masturbated to her while she was showering in a bathing suit. Yeah, and she was showering outside in a bathing suit and the guy like jerked off to her and Yeah. Um they go and just smash this guy's car and they're just like, "Yeah, all right, we did it." And yeah. she's like, "Well, I hope what? you guys feel better because I don't." Right. Like yeah. that's there's that's not going to help it. Like smashing an old man's car isn't going to make it help, go away. You know? Yeah, yeah, make what happened to me go away. Um, yeah. And I thought that was interesting. Uh, just like a literalization of them trying to sort of like force this catharsis by like, you know, literally smashing something and just being like, yeah, we're going to let all this anger emotion out. out. We're going to defend our all sister. Out of us. And it's yeah. like, nope, that's not how it works. You can't just smash something and have it go away. I feel like they felt bad because their sister wasn't as involved in their lives or in their dad's life as they were. So it gets worse with each kid. The mm-hmm. Ben Stiller's character got all the attention. Adam Sandler got like half of the attention, and then uh, their sister got almost nothing. That's why she's more miserable, and they're kind of like making it up to her, in mm-hmm. a way. But, but she doesn't. She's not interested in that. It's, yeah, she she's like it, over like, it. I think she's yeah, over she, it. Yeah. Like that, she doesn't. They, she, they're like, "Hey, we did this thing for you," but really, they did it for themselves. Like they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "I'm not into that." I'm like, I see through you. You're just doing yeah. it you want to do it. Like, yeah. Well, that makes me to, feel better. You want to have an obvious villain that you could, you know, thwart right. or something. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't oh, their dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Redirecting like a lot of their hostility because they don't want to actually. Which is a similar thing that happens later when they have like that big fight outside the thing where they're like yeah. really mad at each other, but they're not actually that mad at each other. They're really mad at their dad, obviously. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, having trouble. Um, there's one thing. There's like a small detail that I noticed that kept coming up was the glasses. Whose sunglasses were they? Uh-huh. Is it oh, yeah. yours or is it Ben Stiller's or is it Adam Sandler's? And I think that has something to do with the artwork that was named after the kid who did it with them or the kid that was inspired by the artwork. Um, it's basically a kind of like a competition in a sense who got the most attention between the two. They're competing and they're, each person has their own side. And then and at the end, both of them were claiming it was their glasses. So mm-hmm. I don't... I don't know. What do you yeah, guys think about that? It's almost like this, like, I don't, I don't know, like, metaphor for sort of, like, passing of a mantle. Yeah. Or something like that, because Adam Sandler basically, like, 
it, he basically like takes it from Ben Stiller at a certain point. Like they they sort of both want it in that moment, and Adam Sandler just like takes it. And it's like yeah. it's mine. Like they're mine. They're my sunglasses. I'll take them. Yeah, yeah. I'll take them and I'll wear them and I'll you know. Because up until that point, like I guess if it is like a symbolic thing, they they keep passing it off like the uh, uh, Emma Thompson's when their dad was healthy. Like, yeah, they're like when uh, their dad was healthy, are, they didn't want it. These aren't mine. They're Danny's, and then she tries to give them to Danny, and Danny's like, "These aren't mine. These are Matthews." But then, yeah, yeah. This is interesting. Yeah, I was curious what everybody thought about um, Eliza's uh, student films. Because <laughs> I, I don't know that anything could be more like New York art school. That's than, true. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot of George Kuchar's movies and they seemed like they were uh, trying to reference George Kuchar or Mike Kuchar. The Kuchar brothers. Because uh, his movies always have like women with like lots of different wigs and like crazy eyebrows and like ridiculous makeup and stuff like that and so yeah that's very much like an aesthetic of his movies and then like sort of mixing them with uh more I think like... yeah I think um Adam Sandler's character reacted really nicely towards the movie <laughs> considering like he's her dad and you saw the movie. I, if I if it was me I'd be like what did I just see I'd be upset <laughs> I'd lecture my kid or something <laughs> well I mean pretty... that's one of the uh the things about I guess being the parents of a artiste you gotta be like <laughs> they understand I mean, I always what wonder how vagina man is people yeah, vagina man. Yeah, it's uh, it's very funny. Like some of the stuff in that is very funny. Like the the amount of times that she says "slap" whenever she slaps someone mm-hmm. in the in the segment, she says. Them. <laughs> I was like, this is very much just like slap, 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 slap. <laughs> it's like I love that vocalizing of that sound effect, as opposed to just having the sound effect in there. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's great that they all keep talking about how good that movie is. The movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the second one. I think it was yeah. a good movie for a freshman. I don't know. I didn't study film, so I'm not sure if that if 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 like a a first year student does that well, that good of a film. I guess they're like a a star kid. <laughs> I was I was really looking at the the backdrops too. Like it looks like in one of them she cut those like pool noodles in half and just stuck them to the wall mm-hmm. up behind her and i was like who would think to do that for a background of a of a shot to just like stick all these like pool noodles up the wall yeah, she, she's the uh like sexy new york avant-garde version of max fisher <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh yeah, the the second one is also super funny when she's just like hitchhiking naked and then the wolf yeah. picks her up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but welcome back, Ilya. Thank you. Uh, having some internet problems, but yeah, I mean, her. very short-lived internet problems, luckily. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think then... it's just like my neighbor is being a dick and he's like trying to like he's moving in and like mm. re 
doing a lot of the cables in the walls and uh, <laughs> that's never a good thing so, yeah stop fucking with that shit yeah let's that's hope your neighbor girl. doesn't hear that oh oh, oh I'll, I'll i'll try and disconnect some of his cables back <laughs> <laughs> yeah we going back and forth real german cable wars yeah yeah uh i was i was gonna say um uh the dustin hoffman is like so pathetic with the meeting about it when he meets sigourney weaver and he keeps telling this <laughs> yeah. like total non-story where they said hi to each other <laughs> and didn't speak anymore after that <laughs> that's all she says hi harold yep and i said hi, hello sir. i'm harold <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah that that's <laughs> that's a perfect like encapsulation of someone who like really is like values like fame and success mm-hmm. But they don't want to admit it, so they will like you know they'll they'll name drop like that. But like the story they tell with the name drop is just like yeah, it's like a non-story. I think he said it's like nothing. It's just like oh, I said hi to them. Like, mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> like just a a good and helpful illustration that like not every time you meet a celebrity, it's a good story. <laughs> like <Yeah. often laughs> it's just it's you meet someone and like that's it. <laughs> rarely something really great happens but you still think it did because they're a celebrity and so you feels like you're part of a story it's probably just from by... their point of view is it yeah mm-hmm. probably from yeah. the celebrity's point of view is like well that was awkward <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. probably will never think about it again yeah, yeah. yeah. Never remember him they probably have a million awkward interactions with normal people every day right <laughs> yeah there was a but... scene where the dad is still in the coma and um there's they still have the art exhibition for him and they're talking about the statue and it was a bit emotional or it's a sculpture or whatever it is it's a bit mm-hmm. emotional and like they're drunk and crying and shit um i thought that was like so sad on behalf of the father like not i didn't feel sorry for the kids as much as i felt sorry for the dad because you know that their dad cared about his image and how famous he wanted to be and how much of a big deal he wanted to be in the art community. And then the time where they're remembering him, it turns into a shit show about how bad of a dad he is and not about how good his art is. And the worst part about it is that it's in the university he lectured in so yeah. it wasn't really an art exhibition as much as it was like a remembrance that he was a professor here and we feel sorry for him in yeah. that sense oh, yeah. yeah along with yeah. all the other faculty or whatever. yeah yeah a group show yeah they yeah I, I like how they couch it as like it's a retrospective like a group show but it's like it's a retrospective because of your teaching. It's not like you were yeah. a great artist. Like yeah, we're putting yeah. on a retrospective. It's like And then his well, fans I mean, were his students. So it's yeah. kind of like <laughs> yeah, yeah. any any it's like I I mean, when I was a student I was like a fan of my some of my instructors and then 
anything they do, I'm like, oh my god, wow, you know. <laughs> so yeah. I think that got to him as well. Yeah. Well, you also had that like personal connection to your professors too, so you're like, in a way, like have some sort of stakes in yeah the you know the way academic world. Mm-hmm. But I, I think but... it's even well, I think it's even more pronounced in the, in the children in this though that they also have that thing where they you know they also value success no matter if they acknowledge it's like the same thing with the dad and that so that they sort of like project it back onto him where they're like oh his success actually does matter to us like we actually care whether or not he's remembered as someone important yeah i mean uh when sandler talks about that i mean makes it pretty explicit but like that just like if he's a great artist then you're like oh my dad's a great artist so like you know he's a different kind of person a temperamental person maybe but like he's a great artist and then if he's not a great artist then he's just a dick like he says (laughs) that's hard to reconcile like oh there's no explanation for why my dad was a huge asshole to me my whole life except for he's just a huge asshole (laughs) you need like a an excuse that you can make yourself feel better i guess yeah i like that the fact that the 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 guy who's like his more successful peer is basically just a really all-around nice dude to everybody <laughs> like right. and it's never really clear what like it the point is also like well why shouldn't he be nice he's very successful like he's good he's a wealthy artist like it's actually easy for him to be nice to everybody on the one hand and on the other hand it just shows that like maybe there's no correlation between being an asshole and being an artist like whatsoever and it's also it's also never really made clear like what the differences are between dustin huffman's art and um i'm forgetting the actor's name uh, judd hirsch mm-hmm. lj plays, uh, lj yeah yeah it's not really explicitly clear what's what's supposed to be bad about his art I think you never really he feels like it. he was ripped off or like he kind of copied him in a sense. I, that's what I got from it. I'm not sure if I'm right or wrong. No, um, I, yeah, I don't know if I ever heard anything like that. It just seemed like he just thought that. Oh, it wasn't Jen original was enough. Like trite or, yeah, it wasn't original. Yeah. It was it was like these cliches. Yeah. Things. Although you never get to see it. So you don't really know what he's talking about. Yeah. In terms of cliche. It just sounds like a really like. Something it, he's it, telling honestly, himself. It might not yeah be yeah true. it sounds yeah. like a cliched yeah. like criticism on <laughs> like what he's saying actually sounds like a cliche yeah, yeah. someone who's just sort of bitter <laughs> um one thing about the dad the character of the father is that at the art exhibition he was considered a great guy and um to the students and i think i related to that in a sense because with my father he was considered a great guy in the community the university that I was in because he was a a dean of a different department Mm -hmm. and I he was known and some people would come up to me random people and they'd be like oh your father's great Mm -hmm. and I'd be like okay but I don't think so (laughs) like I would think to myself well he's an asshole but you wouldn't believe me would you so I would like move along and I'd have to say yeah my dad's a great person too just for the sake of it because no one would believe me and I think that's what the kids had to go through as well so whenever people came up to them and talked to them about the art they'd have to be like yeah my father's a great man even though they were in such pain I was like yeah that's so true (laughs) 
<laughs> you can't say anything because no <laughs> one's gonna believe you they only see the one perspective of that person and it's the best i guess it's the best representation of that person too yeah I, this reminds me of the story of uh that adam scott tells on you talking you two to me about pretending like an oscars party with bono's two daughters <laughs> and like and like sitting there and like kind of refraining from telling them hey i've I got this podcast about your dad. <laughs> <laughs> and how creepy that would sound. And terrible. And how awkward he would make them feel if he said that. <laughs> so he That's just pretended cool. that he didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You almost get the sense that, like, um, him as a professor, like, doted on his students even more than he doted on his own children. Mm-hmm. And that's, I guess, like a like a cliche thing to sort of happen in movies where yeah. they sort of, you know, take under their wing someone who's not their child and the the actual child gets the short shrift. I think it's because uh, it's easier. Because, like, what obligations yeah, do you have for that have person to, an hour or yeah. two? You know, you're not, it's not like a kid that's always stuck to you and you're like, shit, I have to <laughs> deal with that person forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in uh, in Squid and the Whale, he makes it even more explicit because there's the part where Jeff Daniels like sleeps with Anna Paquin or whatever. So it's like <laughs> he really likes his <laughs> yeah. more than his kids. Uh, I forget. Um, there's you know, like Dustin Hoffman keeps, keeps talking about how he fell or like this whole thing about him falling, yeah. and I the thought joke. like the movie was kind of heavily implied that. In the beginning, that's I kind of thought maybe it was just me like that. Emma Thompson kind of like hit him or whatever or pushed him or something while she was drunk, and uh, like the whole time it's like referred to that she's kind of an alcoholic and he's like completely oblivious of it or he like pretends that everything's fine but she's actually like constantly on on alcohol all the time. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this offhanded thing about his dog or whatever, but it kept keeps feeling like it's kind of bullshit. Um, so I kind of thought that was this movie like trying like in the beginning was it trying to like make Emma Thompson into like someone who just kind of wants to kill him <laughs> and, and sell his stupid house. Um, but maybe that was like a, a a criminal plot that I only interpreted into this movie. Yeah, I would say that that's a. That's a fun interpretation, but I'm not sure the evidence in the movie bears it <laughs> yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't really add up to anything, so mm-hmm. fair enough, I guess. But I do like the way that he describes what happened with the dog, though. He says that there was. You should a, have seen the other dog. Well, yeah. not that part, but the, <laughs> he, says, he says it was chasing a, a wild hare or something like that. Yeah. Like, he, I forget what word he uses for it, but he says that there was some sort of. Um, Gosh, I wish I could remember that. There's like it's like a big word, and, but he calls it a hare instead of saying it was a rabbit. Right. <laughs> and I was like, it's such a like bougie way to describe. <laughs> I mean, they had a poodle. It sounds like this, well, yeah, it, it, it sounds like he, he was like out on his grounds, you know, like <laughs> hunting quail or something like that. And, oh, there was an unscrupulous hare in the bush, and <laughs> my mm. hound lunged for it. <laughs> it's like. It's such a weird way to describe it. Just say the dog was chasing a rabbit and it pulled me over. No, it has to be fancy. Mm. 
he's so bougie about it it's funny it's true i mean they're yeah, talking about a poodle say, so um <laughs> yeah one of the one of my issues with the movie though is like the all the doctor stuff like i feel like they go way too over the top with it where <laughs> i was like like you just need like maybe one or two scenes of like not quite getting what you want from a doctor but it's like literally every doctor they talk to is like the worst person ever and I'm just like, <laughs> i don't know i mean maybe other people have had much worse experiences than me but like literally every time i go to the doctor i'm always so amazed how attentive and like nice they are like they're like i'm like you're seeing like a hundred people a day but you're like i don't know maybe people in portland are just nicer but like i was like well actually incredibly indifferent (laughs) i thought that like the doctors in this movie were like okay like they just like the the doctor that was supposed to treat her like goes on vacation because at some point she has to go on vacation it doesn't matter like Mm -hmm. if she has patients or whatever and like i thought like weirdly enough to that point though that like i for what once it got to like oh they have this favorite nurse but then she has to disappear because that's not how it all works here at the hospital or Mm -hmm. the doctor has to go on vacation that's how it works there. Like it's like a, a weird like healthcare uh, thing that he starts getting into. Like this. Wait, actually, by the way, so I'm telling this story about this weird family. And by the way, healthcare in America is kind of really fucked up. Let's yeah. talk about that for a bit. And I thought that was kind of like shoehorned in at a really, really, really random way. Um, I thought because- it was because they weren't used to going to doctors they're so like because remember at the beginning of the movie he's limping adam sandler's character is limping and his daughter says you should go see a doctor and he's saying i think he's gonna go to a uh what are they called acupuncturist so um i don't think they're used to going to doctors and I don't even think they're used to going to doctors for serious stuff like someone in a coma or a brain, brain injury. Yeah. So yeah. I think I that's think just they're they're pissed about they're emotionally distressed in that in the sense of what's going on is shocking to them. And the fact that they're they have to be in a hospital, they can't like ignore it and mm-hmm. wait for it to go away. It's just yeah. too much for them. But so I think they start taking are... notes. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> yeah. moments where like the doctors talk like Noah Baumbach characters also, and I'm like, this is unprofessional of them. Like they're <laughs> like they're being too like offhandedly morbid and like yeah, yeah. Some, sort of dismissive. And I mean, not always. Like some of it, like the movie does try to balance where like you know the guy who's in Mistress America or whatever when he's the nurse and they get all yeah. mad at him for oh, yeah. not being the right nurse. But it also doesn't seem like he knows what's going on either. So, like, in some ways, they're, like, somewhat right to be mad. Like, like I wish that the movie had, like, picked more of the side of them, like, overreacting to everyday things as opposed to, like, they're occasionally overreacting to everyday things. But then also sometimes it does feel like the doctors don't know exactly what they're doing. And I was like, well, this, this is an odd... Yeah, not sure uh, this movie's equipped to handle this type of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I think it's like it's a proper representation of how human emotion is. Is like mm-hmm. as people, as humans, we're not always consistent when it comes to our personality and what makes us mm-hmm. uh, stressed or anxious in any way. I mean, 
we might go to hospital one time and think, oh, this is great, but it's just as equal. The experience might as be just as equal, but it's just how you were mentally in that moment. Sure, that makes yeah. sense. Right on, right on. I like the uh, when he drinks the orange juice. It's just a digression, but I wrote yeah. it. In my head, so. Oh yeah, it's just it's expired, just which I just realized was possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, the amount of uh, gross food in this was actually pretty funny. Yeah, because I was like, oh man, like something about that feels real, like. You when you go over to a relative's house and they they're like, cooking something for you and you have to be nice. Yeah, and like, <laughs> okay, I'll I'll eat it. But then you're like, oh no, this isn't good. But like, yeah. I don't want to be rude. But... Yeah, and then like raw shark. That sounds horrifying. Oh gosh, yeah. yeah. The, the, she just didn't cook the shark enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the 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 clams aren't open. So you, I, I thought something was wrong with my audio at first, but then I just see Adam Sandler just sitting there like banging on this clam. <laughs> with <a> spoon. <laughs> I was like, Oh God. Um, there was something interesting about how Ben Stiller's character was, it was also a failure when it came to like for his personal life. He mm-hmm. had issues with his kid, and he had issues with his wife, but the dad, his, their father, never mentions them, and he never fixes it. Like he never makes a big deal out of them. But with Adam Sandler's character, his other son, he makes a big deal out of it, and he makes him feel like you're a failure. Mm-hmm. And look yeah. at our other son; he's a great guy. His kid is smart, but they've never <laughs> seen the kid. They've never seen. They didn't even go yeah. to the wedding, so it's worse. But yeah. you know, and there was yeah they could they complain because he's all the way across the country and they're like oh you went to Los Angeles like how could you how could you not stay in New York where it's the epicenter of everything you know <laughs> and then um there was um there's this one part where you get you get two halves of a pill and one is gonna make you happy and one's gonna make you sad and you just have to yeah. like wing it you don't know what's gonna, what you're gonna get <laughs> I feel like that's a metaphor for life <laughs> <laughs> your choices either it's gonna make you happy or sad you just have to wing it you know did they even really do anything with that in the end though like does any of them they took seem it. either high or down yeah I know they did but like I, does that actually have I mean, any they effect get I think the breakdown right? at the art then... gallery yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. when they were talking about their dad, I think the breakdown had something to do with the pill. Right. And the yeah. fact that they just punched each they other. They punched each other. <laughs> yeah. But like it's it's funny to try and figure out who took the upper and who took the downer in that fight. They're probably both <laughs> <Sure>. the downers. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Adam Driver for however short the time he's in this movie. It just mm-hmm. shows up for that one scene. He's, he's funny in that one scene. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller were brothers in a movie. I never thought mm-hmm. that would happen. To be honest. <laughs> so it seemed like yeah. a good match. I mean, it doesn't, They do it really seem, seem like brothers. Well, it, it seems realistic. Half brothers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 New York guys. 
they both definitely definitely seem like new yorkers that's for sure yeah right? yeah. yeah the scene with um candace bergen is pretty interesting <laughs> that's she, right <laughs> and that that book. that to me too was very funny about um the way that dustin hoffman's character interacted with his wives because like it's all his whole assessment of the situation he's he's just like oh i think she's flirting with me like i think she wants to be back <laughs> like did you see the way that she hung my my yeah. uh, my drawing up next to the you know the gym coach's uh, <laughs> stuff on the wall or whatever it's like oh she clearly wants to be back <laughs> it's part of yeah. him like like illusioning himself <laughs> it's like they, thinking that everyone likes him and everyone loves him all that uh, stuff right she can't just be being nice like, yeah be yeah nice. it's yeah. personal she's a good person it's yeah like, it's just personal she wants to get down <laughs> <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> why would she want to be nice and people don't do that unless they yeah because he doesn't <laughs> yeah. um I, I, I don't know if this is something that annoys other people, but it kind of annoys me when I see comedians and whenever they take a, a serious role, they're always, the char- their characters are always self-loathing. They never take a serious role where they have like a normal character or the character has to be like kicking themselves all the time. Like Ben Adam Sandler and, I've never seen another serious movie of Adam Sandler's, but Ben Stiller's movies are always him being depressed and him being a bad person and not knowing how to be in a decent relationship or whatever. So I don't know if anyone I mean, noticed I guess that's that. What, yeah, I guess, like, I mean, most people who end up becoming comedians are probably pretty neurotic in their real life, so <laughs> that's kind of the emotional Reflection of who they, they actually are. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hard to picture know. a movie with Ben Stiller as like the straight romantic lead, you know. It's yeah, just, that <laughs> it's like, just a bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a comedian who would be good at that. I guess Pete Holmes, but yeah, <laughs> probably T.J. Miller could be good. That's true, but if but you'd ever neither of them straight. have really done serious stuff, yeah. I guess either. Yeah. I mean, I guess Crashing is sort of serious, but not really. Yeah ultimately a comedy show right um, but all right yeah well i think uh, i think, I think we that's covered all the movie well. yeah yeah, yeah. We nailed we, it we did it yeah well that's that's what we say then yeah. um <laughs> all right so do we uh our next podcast uh do we know what it's gonna be yeah, let me look it up just one second. Yeah, mm. Let's find that out. Also, Shadon, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, You're thanks. Welcome. I enjoyed listening to it, so I thought I might as well. Because it was interesting and I wanted to know other people's opinion on it. I was wondering, sure. like, sure. was it just me? Was I the only person who liked it? So I suggested it. Nope. Yeah, oh. three other people liked yeah. it. Um, Yay. Uh, yeah, our next episode is going to be uh, 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 Leviathan. Leviathan. All right. All right. That's the 
Um, now, which Leviathan is that? It's is not that the, the Russian one. Or... It's the like experimental documentary. Okay, the experimental documentary about the ship, mm-hmm. about the boat, not yeah, the Russian the, Leviathan. Mm-hmm. The I think those both came made, out the same year. <laughs> uh, Monica Mana, which mm-hmm. was in my top ten one year. Right on. Yeah. Excited right. for that one. Cool. So, uh, big movie about a big boat, and mm-hmm. coming next time, and uh, uh, that's everything for today. Um, if you like the podcast, rate and review us, and give us five stars on iTunes. Um, if you want to read more of our stuff or watch any of our videos, you can go to loosecannons.net. That's our website. Got all kinds of stuff on there. Um, if you ever want to send us a question, or if you want to have us review your movie, if if you're a filmmaker, uh, you can email us at loosecannonspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and you can also go to loosecannonspodcast.boards.net if you want to join our discussions online. Um, and Yep, that's it, and that's all. Uh, So thanks, everybody, for listening to us, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.